Welcome to your home with Team Gale at Caldwell Banker Seacoast Advantage, the show for buyers, sellers, owners, and investors. We're here to give sage real estate advice and take your calls regarding buying, selling, and owning your home. Brought to you by Alpha Mortgage. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your home with Team Gale. I'm Tom Gale, and I'm with Chris Delaccio here from Don Bullard Insurance, who's going to be talking about flood insurance. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Tom. And uh, as always, this is an interactive show, so you are more than welcome to call in and ask us about flood insurance or any other insurance questions or real estate-related questions here in the studio at 910-332-6390. And if you need the immediate assistance of a realtor, you can always call our team duty agent at 910-541-1212. Team Gale covers all of southeastern North Carolina, so if you can hear us, we can help you. All right, Chris, so... uh, uh, you work at Don Bullard Insurance. Can you tell us a little bit about how long you've been there and what your job is there? Sure, sure. I'm, uh, I've been with Don for just under four years. Uh, I've been in the insurance industry for about eight, and uh, I'm, I'm my agent. Uh, my role is as an agent uh, producer, uh, so writing home, auto, flood umbrella, basically any type of personal lines insurance. Okay, and Don said that you were the resident expert on flood insurance at his company. <laughs> yeah, I tend to be the go-to guy for a lot of underwriting issues, it seems like. So I just uh, Well, and it's a particularly complex uh, thing, too, with with all the changes, you know, on a national level and all sorts of stuff. So it, it really takes somebody that, that, you know, is paying close attention to know all the changes that are happening and, and not happening and, and stuff like that. So. Ab- absolutely. And there's been a lot of changes with flood here recently. And of course, being in southeastern North Carolina, uh, we we are in a unique insurance environment comparatively to other areas in the country, uh, even in the state. So, uh, it's and and let's start with obviously, if somebody's paying cash for their house, they they're not required to get any insurance. But if somebody's getting a loan, what types of insurance would somebody in southeastern North Carolina uh, likely be needing? You, you're going to need uh, basically hazard and wind are going to be the two main components of your policy. Uh, we, and what does hazard cover, for instance? Hazard is going to be f- what we refer to as a fire policy, fire, theft, liability. Uh, and then, of course, your wind component is wind and hail coverage, name storm, anything that falls under a wind-borne type of damage. So tornadoes and hurricanes and things like that. Correct. And, and I think a lot of times people assume that a hurricane may also be causing um, uh, floods or whatever else, so maybe that policy would cover them, but it, it does not. It does not. You're absolutely right. We, we look at it as, and I tell people all the time, Flood is strictly defined as the rise of water into the home. So regardless of whether it's tidal water, it's accumulated rainwater outside the home, even a neighbor's above ground pool, all those things can be rolled into flood damage. Hmm. Uh, you know, your your wind coverage, you know, if, the, if, if a storm rips the roof off the house and wind-driven rain comes into the home, that does fall under your wind policy, uh, as does water damage from a broken pipe, uh, appliance failure, that would be under your fire policy. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Good. So, um, and pretty much every home uh, east of 95 is going to require a wind policy and a hazard policy? For the most part, it sort of depends on the county. Um, You know, some of the very eastern counties of 95, directly east of Mm -hmm. 95, they're not in the wind pool. Uh, You don't really get into the wind policy area until you get to Brunswick, New Hanover, Pender, Onslow County, Carteret County, okay. uh, and on up the coast. We, uh, at Don Bullard, we're in a, a unique position, uh, one, because we're an independent agency, so we have a lot of different carriers, which is very beneficial. Um, above and beyond that, we actually have five carriers 
that will write you a homeowner's policy, including wind, without putting you in that state wind pool. That is good. Uh, yeah, and, and four of them will actually write on the beaches. So we have a, a, a great opportunity to save people money in comparison well, to the wind pool. And, and I don't know if you know that the history of Don Bullard Insurance, but Don Bullard has, has been around oh, uh, yeah. for a while. So, I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's a staple in the area. And like you say, being an independent agent um, versus, you know, um, you know, Captive a, a, a nationwide or, or, or State Farm or all those other you know great companies too whatever but they can only write what their national company does whereas Don Buller being independent can pick and choose among right. dozens right absolutely yeah it, it's it, and it's a distinct advantage oftentimes we find that if we can write a home with one of those five carriers it oftentimes is less even sometimes substantially less than what the state charges just for a wind policy. And and why is it, I mean, does it make it a lesser valuable policy or something like that? Or? No, it's actually a better policy okay. in most cases. It gives you a little bit more robust coverage as far as your contents goes. Um, it, it makes it easier to deal with. Uh, you, you have one carrier versus two that you have to sort of decipher, mm-hmm. well, who's covering what? Sure. Um, and a lot of people that are moving to our area this is a completely new concept for them. It's sort of hard for them to wrap their mind around it. Um, it you know, essentially, even if you're on the, the western side of 95, you have wind coverage. Uh, the distinction here is you have a typically a deductible for wind mm-hmm. and oftentimes a separate policy in a lot of cases. Well, and the thing that's frustrating for us as coastal residents and, and you know, being on the uh, uh, governmental affairs for the Wilmington Regional Association of Realtors and other things like that that I've been involved with, I've seen how... Uh, truly unfair the the policies have been towards the people at the beach. Um, And and unfortunately, it goes back a lot to the legislative. Um, There are more people that live in Charlotte, Raleigh, and Greensboro and and those areas um, that are legislators. So, of course, they write the policies to benefit them because there's a bigger concentration. And so that that really, um, you know, has has left us with the the lion's share. Um, Luckily, this past fall, uh, the insurance commissioner uh, was able to, you know, deny the the rate increases that were going to be raising us another 30% yet again. (laughs) Um, So that, you know, it's very nice that, that finally, I think that there, there's kind of been some changes there. Um, and as far as uh, wind and hail, uh, you know, I know that, that uh, there, uh, there's the beach plan. Can you talk about that? Sure. The, the beach plan is, is that wind pool, as mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. And they basically they're a pool of all carriers that ride in North Carolina contribute to that. Uh, if they're an admitted carrier, that, that's sort of the, the process. Is, you know, that's how they get their funding. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, that started out in the 90s as the the, the last resort. You know, right. If, if you oh, is that how new it is? I didn't realize it was that new. Well, that's really, you know, after Fran and Bertha came through, uh-huh. that's sort of the, the, the timeline, this okay. line in the sand when things really started to change gotcha. for insurance in, in, in North Carolina. And that was sort of the last resort for a lot of companies. <clears throat> you know, if you had multiple claims or an ineligible dog breed, whatever the case may be, you could place your win, your your policy with the state. Um, it's become the go-to now mm-hmm. for most insurance companies. Well, and I presume it's because that that way they don't have personal liability to, to pay these out if there is a big name storm again. Is that the reason? The Correct. benefit for them? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's just it's basically a carrier preference. Uh, it, most of the companies that we write with, we you know Don always says we call them a niche market. You know mm-hmm. they they specialize in high risk areas, so they're they're typically they're not going to be the, the State Farm, the, the Farm Bureau, those, those names that you s- are sort of household names that you're familiar with. Uh, but these are very, very strong companies, very financially sound. Most of all, all of them are admitted or A-rated companies. So there's really no 
there should be no reservation with these companies. They're all strong, and they, they specialize in our area, and they usually come in with some strong rates. Okay, cool, cool. And so one of the things, too, that I think that, that actually, again, the realtors have, have kind of um, been key in getting our, our, our local state senator to sponsor legislation this year as a part um, of what's called consent to rate. Mm-hmm. Um, are you able to, to kind of explain what that is? Yeah, that can be sort of confusing in a lot of ways. But basically it's saying, uh, you know, you get a renewal in the mail and you've got this form that says uh, consent to rate. Well, what is this? And, and, and essentially what it is is they want your permission and your consent to charge you more than what the state recommends that policy, policy should be. That's really the long and short of it in that respect. And in some cases it's not that dramatic of a, of a premium difference. In some cases, it is. Uh, but it's it, it can be fr- frustrating to a lot of people. We get, we get a lot of phone calls on consent to rates where people say, okay, I've had enough. You know, that what is this form? This is I'm, I'm enough. And mm-hmm. they, they want to change. Well, and, and how is it that that rate is determined? Like, what, what triggers that, that letter even going out? It's, it's basically interior carrier rating. So okay. they, the carrier's they're assessing risk. You know, they may be, it may be generated based on the age of the home, uh, proximity to coastal waters. It could be a lot of different things that contribute to why you're getting the consent to rate. Okay. Um, in most cases, it's a lot of it has to do with simply we're in a coastal environment, and their rate they want to charge more for that area right, right. than what the state recommends it should be. Okay. Well, and I know that on a federal level, that's a federal uh, flood insurance, going, going to flood insurance. Sure. Um, and, and that's something that uh, in the wake of Superstorm Sta- Sandy and uh, uh, Katrina and those types of things, um, it was an insurance uh, pool that was designed to be revenue neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, those huge, huge payouts, um, it's something that's been in a huge deficit. So Congress yeah. was trying to, uh, you know, fix that. But I think that they uh, tried to, you know, fix it a little bit too quickly on, on the backs of a lot of people that um, didn't have the ability to do that. Can you kind of explain like what, sure. what happened and, and what's kind of happened since then? Because I know, again, the, the realtors have said, whoa, 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 you're, you're charging too much um, to these people to try and correct it, you know, in a, in a handful of years, and, and, and people just can't, you know, absorb yeah. that kind of change. The, the last year has been a, a, somewhat of a roller coaster ride as far as flood goes. There's been a lot of changes. They've repealed some things, and they've instilled some more changes. Uh, it's, flood is a, is a difficult thing to really kind of pinpoint, but there are some big changes coming, actually some changes that started April 1 uh, that are, are significant. The most significant being probably in our area is with a lot of secondary homes, a lot of rental properties, is there is now a surcharge for non-primary occupied homes. So we get a lot of phone calls on this. What is this form? Why do I need to submit my driver's license to prove where I live? And that's what it's for, is, is that uh, non-primary residents uh, fee. And it's a $250 fee, so it's 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 not a small charge, but... Uh, well, and, and in comparison, though, I know that, again, the, the uh, policy, people were talking about $20,000 a year for their flood oh, insurance yeah. um, uh, this past fall if, if, you know, we didn't make those changes or whatever. So $250 in comparison to $20,000 a year, I think, it's, is, yeah, is it's, definitely nominal. Take that trade-off. And, and it's surprising. When, when, when the Bigger Waters uh, law got passed uh, about a year and a half ago, we saw some really outrageous premiums that we were quoting. They've, they've sort of, with the repeal, settled down a little bit, mm-hmm. which is which is a relief. But, I, I mean, I personally quoted a home that was a $36,000 flood policy. It was just... 
blew me away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's that, like you say, that's per year. Um, yeah. So I mean, that that's that's yeah. uh, on. I think a lot of people at that point are you know if they could pay cash for the property so they didn't have to carry the policy, they'd be better off putting that thirty six thousand dollars a year just you know setting it aside if they have a, a claim. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Yeah, flood is flood is a, an interesting uh, part of the insurance world. You know, a, a few little stats that I, I found is that, you know, 20% of the country is in a high-risk flood zone. Of hmm. course, you know, coastal areas are probably taking up most of that. Um, if you're in a preferred zone where you, you're not required to carry flood insurance by, from your mortgage company, that's a great place to be. There is a map revision slated for January 20th, 2016. And that will probably see zones that were not previously in a flood zone go into a higher-risk zone. Well, and I've seen preliminary maps of that so far. Um, are, do you have any idea, like, I mean, I guess they won't finalize it until, like you say, January, but, but right now, if people want to, they can even ask you, you know, uh, uh, what what might be a potential, right? Yeah, they can. And, and, and more than likely in our area, you're probably going to go into an AE zone if you're in a preferred zone. Uh, and if you're in AE, you're probably going to go into a VE zone, which is typical of, of the beach areas. Um, so an AE is not terribly expensive. Uh, the VE is more expensive, right? It, typically, yeah. yeah. Um, traditionally, VEs are always going to be the most expensive policies. AEs, if you have flood vents in the home, in the crawl space, or you know, if you're on pilings and you have enclosed areas with vents, that will offset your premium. And oftentimes, if you're in an AE zone with, with flood vents or you're high enough up, your, your flood premiums are actually fairly low. And, and so in January, if somebody's not on a floodplain today, mm-hmm. um, are they going to get a letter from, from their insurance carrier or from the government or somebody saying, hey, all of a sudden now you're in the floodplain? Pro- probably from their mortgage company if they have one, more okay. than likely. And, 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 and there's some things you can do if that does occur. Uh, FEMA has rolled out a law that, that if, you are, if your flood zone changes and puts you in that higher risk zone, you can actually purchase a policy that it's not going to be your preferred rate exactly. It's going to be a little bit different, but it is still going to fall under a preferred policy. Uh, and, and you can be grandfathered in for, and they'll, they'll allow you to do that for two years after the map revision. Okay. Um, so, you, you know, not, as, not all is lost if you, if you get bumped into a higher, higher risk zone. Gotcha. And if you currently have a flood policy, and you're in a preferred zone, and it's you know pure, purely voluntary. You're not required to carry it from your mortgage company. You, if you continue to maintain that coverage, you're grandfathered in. Hmm. So you know, other than rate increases, policy fees, you're still going to be at that preferred risk premium. Gotcha. And so it, that the new maps that they're drawing is that because of you know anticipated global warming, or just because they have more accurate data, or like what's the, what's the reason for the the new map? I, I think it's going to be more accurate data for the most part, from what I've seen, and of course. Map revision, they haven't done one in quite some time, so they need to sort of stay on top of the... And, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's been, like, what, 20 years or something? I mean, it's been a long time, right? Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. I want to say, I think, uh, late 90s, okay. I think, was when it was the last done. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and even with uh, uh, tax rates and whatever else, I mean, they do those every four or eight years or whatever. I mean, it's just something that you need to keep yeah. up with. I, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and <coughs> the environment is changing. Uh, you know, storms are getting more aggressive. So, and we've seen that. So it's, it, you know, a lot of people will cry foul, but the reality is there's a reason for it. And, and the reason is 
protection and assessment of risk. Well, and I lived here in the, in the 90s when we had uh, Bertha and Fran and Bonnie and Floyd and all those, back you know, back to back. back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and we have been very blessed to not have anything in a long time. But, you know, part of that is, uh, uh, you know, you wonder when when our luck is you know going to yeah. run out. I mean, you you have to have some some sort of storm eventually, I guess. So. I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't I don't think it's a matter of if, but when. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just we it's part of the nature of, of where we live. Yep, yep. So, but in the meantime, like I say, I have been frustrated that every few years we get another thirty percent increase. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. if you guys are you're just pocketing it, that, that's no fun. So, um, and we are here with Cristalaccio of. Uh, uh, Don Bullard Insurance. You can give us a call here in the studio if you have any questions for him. Our number here is 910-332-6390. So, all right. So uh, we talked about uh, wind and hail insurance and, and hazard being mandatory on pretty much every uh, person's uh, property in this area. Um, flood insurance. Um, how would people know if they also needed flood insurance? Um, initially, they're really not. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, real estate agents typically will list that on uh, on an MLS. But if not, you know, we can always run a zone determination for you if you're unsure. Uh, we do it all the time, uh, you know, for, for Coldwell Banker, a lot of other, you know, Century 21, a lot of realtors, we do that all the time. Uh, it's, it's never a problem. It takes just a few minutes. Basically, just need the address. We run the zone determination. There it is, okay. AEX, whatever it happens to be. And, and then you'll know uh, whether, okay, I'm going to have to have flood insurance since I'm going to carry a mortgage, or it's an option. And then, so let's say the back corner of the property is in the floodplain, and the rest of the property is not. Is that something that people would still be required to get flood insurance, or is that a case by case basis? It's a little bit by case by case basis, but predominantly, if if a part of the structure, and it's typically not you know a porch or a deck that falls into that category, but if a corner of your garage uh, is in an AE zone, and the rest of the home is in a you know, low risk zone, you're going to be required to carry flood insurance. Gotcha. Okay. So the yeah. property itself is okay. The house, if any part is, you're probably going to, you know, have to be required to carry that flood insurance. Right. And then, so what if somebody has their, their home that's built up? We see a lot of those mm-hmm. homes where the air conditioning units and everything are like that are raised up and it's right. on the, you know, uh, stilts and things like that. Does that necessarily mean that it's automatically out of the floodplain or? No, it's still quite, you're still in that flood zone. Uh, if you're, if you're an AE or VE zone, you're still in that zone. The trick there is how high above the floodplain are you? And that's where things like elevation certificates are so crucial to figure out the rating. Um, you know, it's it's difficult, I know, outside of being an insurance agent to, to understand, well, why can't I get a rate without an elevation certificate? It, those are critical components to tell us, you know, that particular base flood elevation for that property, the house, where it falls, where those systems, the HVAC system fall, uh, those are all critical rating components uh, when you have an elevation certificate in a flood zone. Um, and, and you know, I, I'm not sure if you can give anybody exact numbers, but certainly if somebody is in an AE zone and they have everything lifted up above that, that elevation that it needs to be, um, their insurance rate, if it's out versus if it's below that, um, can you give anybody a comparison uh, as to, you know, whether or not it's raised uh Exact numbers are, are sort of tough to, so, to pinpoint. Well, on that. And certainly, you know, I mean, percentage is it going to be double if it's if it's not, uh, yeah. uh, you know, above that uh, line? It, it goes, yeah. Basically, if you're below the floodplain, the price continues to climb substantially, and it, and it basically looks at each foot that you're below. below. Okay. Um, if you're above, it's a it's a, 
I guess we would call it a negative deviation from premium. Mm-hmm. So it, it offsets your rate okay. and lowers it um, for each foot, foot above. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and, and that's where those flood vents come back into play, mm-hmm. that if you are below that base flood elevation, that if you have flood vents, and typically the measurement for that is um, one inch per foot of flood vent. And if you have a greater area of flood vent than you do an enclosure area, that offsets your premium as well. And that's something that people would see typically at the beach. You know, those, those like you say, they, they look like vents on the outside, yeah. and, and on the inside they may have screens behind them so bugs don't get in the garage or something. Exactly. Um, but you're not going to have that in a heated and cooled space. Um, sometimes I think people, after they purchase a home or whatever, think, oh, I've got this extra space below my house. I'm going to fill it in. I mean, can you uh, give anybody advice on that? Yeah, that's that's a touchy situation. Um, and, and FEMA has really started to lock down on that because there's a lot of areas where they – you know, just like you said, you, you bought a home, then you decide you're going to put an enclosure down there, and you don't report it. Well, that's that's a rating factor if you're in those A, E, or V, E zones. And a claim can potentially be denied because of that. Um, you're not, by doing that and not rating for it, uh, you're not paying your share mm-hmm. of your risk. Well, and the reason why you have that, of course, is to allow that, that wall to break away or whatever, the water just, to run straight through underneath your house is the reason right. why they have those vents. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And they can be installed. There's some great resources for those. Um, FEMA actually has a, um, you can go to floodsmart.gov and look at some things that they recommend that you can do, but they can be easily installed and um, in, in, in even even an existing home. Uh, and that's that, that usually is where a lot of problems occurs. Older homes, they don't have these. And if there's no continuous coverage or there's no elevation certificate available, it creates a whole new set of problems for rating. Well, and another thing kind of related to people finishing in downstairs, I think a lot of times say, well, I don't want this uh, breeze happening under my house. I'm Mm going to go ahead and and put a board in place, some sort of board in in, in place. And and obviously that that could potentially impact a claim as well. too. It does. Yeah. I mean, even a storage area uh, is impacting to it. You know, up to a certain amount of square feet, it, it does impact your premium. Um, usually, an entrance is not a huge problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have just a small entryway under 200 square feet. Just like a stairwell or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not usually a big issue there. Um, but, uh, but if you have an enclosed garage area or living area, those types of things you want to make sure you have the vents in place to offset the premium if you've got those. Okay. Um, and so uh, you mentioned a lot of times, too, it's not necessarily somebody that's just uh, on, you know, Carolina Beach or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I know that uh, in years past, we've had uh, lots of heavy rains or name storms or whatever else that um, people in Burgaw um, had, you know, 20-foot rise yeah. or something like that near the river. So uh, just because it's not near the beach doesn't necessarily mean that you wouldn't uh, be in the floodplain. Correct. Correct. Actually, it's a surprising statistic, but 20% of flood claims are in preferred zones. Hmm. Yeah, this is sort of a shocking statistic, but, uh, you know, you... And preferred means that it's not even required that you have Correct. flood insurance. Correct, um, yeah. so, so if somebody's not in flood, uh, uh, you know, a place where they have to get flood insurance, what would their premiums maybe run for? The, the maximum flood premium, if you're in one of those preferred zones, which is a B, C, or X zone, would be $460 a year. Gotcha. So it's not it's, it's not cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it's, and again, if those maps change in the next year, you're grandfathered in, which is a, is a, is a positive thing. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I currently am in a preferred zone and I'm, I'm contemplating doing that just to, you know, uh, cover my bases. I, I think I, I did look at the, the anticipated upcoming maps, but, you know, even still, you never know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah you don't. You don't. That's uh, we live in an environment where there's lots of lots of uh, creeks and estuaries, tidal water, uh, and even right up the street here on in on Racine, con- consistently floods out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, heavy rain and it's you're underwater. Yep, quickly. Absolutely. Um, well, and one other uh, type of insurance that we didn't talk about yet that I wanted to bring up too is we have, uh, of course, a lot of folks that are um, tenants in homes as well. Um, would, what would they need to get as a tenant in order to protect themselves? Sure. Uh, that's what we call an HO4 policy. That's the policy form for that. But renter's insurance mm-hmm. is another term we use. And they're fairly inexpensive. Uh, most most people that are looking for that type of policy are looking for twenty twenty five thousand dollars worth of coverage, and those premiums are very inexpensive. Um, they do cover you for wind, so if you, know, if you have wind damage because of a storm, which again in our area is the more likely type of claim you're going to have, you've got coverage for that. And those those policies are you know, typically somewhere between a hundred and three hundred dollars a year, and you can get flood insurance as a tenant as well. Gotcha. And and regarding like townhomes or, or uh, condos where people may already have like a policy that, that covers the building? I mean, would they need to get that if they own the, the townhome? Yeah, typically you want to have what's called an HO6 policy, a condo policy, which is a studs-in policy. And the well, one thing that people oftentimes forget is that type of policy is covering your flooring, your, your sheetrock, cabinetry. So you do typically need a little bit more coverage, sort of depending on the size of the home, obviously, uh, and, and co- coverage for your personal effects as well. Uh, but you're not taking as much risk covering the exterior as you would on a regular homeowner's policy. Gotcha. All right. Well, and what would be the best way for people to, to get in touch with you directly? Um, the office is the, the, the best okay. route. The 910-791-5400 is the main office. And, uh, and we've always got agents on duty, so we, okay. we're happy to help. All right. Good. And, and what's the website? It's DonBullardInsurance.com. Okay. Excellent. Um, and so what other, uh, um, do you have any uh, cool stories or, or scary stories, uh, uh, words of warning about things like uh, flood insurance or, or wind and hail insurance that, that, you know, might be a word to the wise to, to anyone? You've been in it, uh, like you say, with Don Bullard for four years and in, in the business for eight, so I'm sure you've seen uh, something, but I don't mean to put you on the spot there. So. No, you know, I, I, I would say probably the, the, the biggest fear that I have is underinsured, being underinsured, uh, not having enough coverage to rebuild your home is always a big factor. Uh, We want to make sure that you're covered correctly. And And is that something that you guys automatically review everybody's policy every few years to make sure that the, the, uh, as you say, as homes appreciate, which they're finally doing again, thank goodness, um, you know, that they make sure that their their policy stays in line with the home's current value? Yeah, so sort of the timeline is, with a new client anyway, we run a replacement cost estimation and we look at the age of the home, the materials used to construct the home, and obviously the square footage. And those those amounts sort of vary depending on zip code. Um, you know, you would see a different replacement cost for a home built in 2010 that was 1,500 square feet than you here than you would for a home in Jacksonville. There's going to be a, a pretty big difference in the amount of coverage. Uh, that you would need. So they are zip code specific, so it's important that we do that. We do that on the front end to determine what we need to insure you for. And, you know, at renewal, rates, you know, again, we live in a sort of volatile environment and rates are always changing. And we sort of have a standing rule with the agency that any premium that comes in as a renewal that's greater than a $250 increase, we automatically remarket the policy for the client. Okay, gotcha. That's good. And we'll, and we'll, of course, do it on request as well, but, uh, but that's our, our, 
our in-house rule. Is there any tips that you have for somebody that, that, you know, especially for hazard for, you know, fire or theft or things like that? I mean, do you suggest that they go through their house every year to take pictures or, you know, do something to help make sure that, that you guys, you know, can attribute what, what was actually in yeah, the Yeah, that's a, that's a great point because I always, it's never a requirement to do that. Um, you know, if you, if you, if you have a claim and you come back to your, your agent or, or adjuster at that point and say, you know, I had 40, 50 inch flat screen TVs in my house, and they'll say, wait a second, wait a second. Um, can we have some documentation of that? But by, by and large, they're not going to quiz you on exactly everything that you have. But I always tell people it's not a bad idea to take video footage, keep it in a fire safe box, um, you know, along with your passports and everything else, uh, simply because. I always try to imagine if I came home and my house was completely leveled. You know, it's it's a traumatic event, and I know I would never be able to remember every last little thing on my shelves and in my home. So it's it's a great idea to keep that type of thing on hand and update it every so often, uh, just just for your own. Protection. Well, I know there's even software out there that's like a home inventory manager or something like that. Obviously, that would make things even easier for them Absolutely. and you to, to make sure that they, uh, you know, were able to make it. Because as you mentioned, insurance is, is not for the planned events. It's, it's for the things we <laughs> weren't right. planning on. That's right. Um, so being prepared is, is always a good thing. Go, always a good thing. Absolutely. And does Don Bullard also do um, auto policies? Or? We do. We do. Uh, we, we actually have four carriers at Ride Auto Insurance. And the, the plus side is some of our home insurance companies, they'll offer you a discount for having your auto with us. It doesn't have to be with any specific carrier that we write with, just so long as it's within the agency, and, and they'll get an additional discount for that. Okay. All right. And uh, uh, where is Don Bullard Insurance uh, located if somebody wants to stop by in person? The main office here in town is on 4709 Oleander Drive. Uh, we also have a office in the Seacoast Building across from Mayfair and uh, Southport office as well. Okay, good. And what uh, the number and website one more time? Uh, com, And the main office number is 910-791-5400. All right. Thanks to Chris Delaccio of Don Bullard Insurance for being our guest today on Your Home with Team Gale. Have thanks, a great Tom. week, everybody. 